I'm Lemuel Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amity Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson, Without Works. This week, we will investigate the fantasy world of Marjorie Taylor Greene in Get Thee Behind Me, and Lemuel will continue our conversation about the origin of a species in The More You Know. First up, Get Thee Behind Me. Everyone, take a deep breath with me. We are going to get through this together. I want to speak for a few moments about U.S. Representative from the state of Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. This woman makes me want to say some very rude and uncharitable things, but I am an adult and I will do my best to engage with this subject in a mature way. Ms. Green is a white woman from the South that subscribes to several conspiracy theories and has a long history of speaking some extremely heinous things. I'm going to quote her for a bit here, and I apologize for the thoughts in advance, but I think it is important to give you specifics for context. On the Las Vegas mass shooting. In 2017, Stephen Paddock opened fire from a hotel window overlooking an outdoor country music festival in Las Vegas, killing 58 people. Afterward, Green suggested that the shooting might have been staged. Quote, how do you get avid gun owners and people that support the Second Amendment to give up their guns and go along with anti-gun legislation? Green asked in an online video. You make them scared, you make them victims, and you change their mindset, and then possibly you can pass anti-gun legislation. Is that what happened in Las Vegas? End quote. Quote, I don't believe Paddock pulled it off all by himself, and I know most of you don't either, Green has said. Space lasers. In 2018, a poorly maintained electrical grid sparked a California wildfire that killed 84 people. In a Facebook post in November of that year, Green falsely speculated that the darker forces were at work. Connecting a series of scattershot points, Green suggested a bank controlled by the Rothschild family, who are Jewish, a utility company responsible for the fire, and then-Governor Jerry Brown had a compelling motive to spark the blaze, clearing the path for a high-speed rail project that Brown wanted. She also floated the possibility that the fires could have been started by, quote, lasers or blue beams of light, end quote, shot down from space by allies of Brown who are said to be in the solar energy industry. Quote, there are too many coincidences to ignore, she wrote. Omar and Faib. In February of 2019, Green appeared in an online video filmed at the U.S. Capitol arguing that Democratic representatives Ilhan Omar of Minnesota and Rashida Tlaib of Michigan weren't really official members of Congress because they didn't take the oath of office on the Bible. Both women are Muslim. I really want to go and talk to these ladies and ask them what they are thinking and why they are serving our, in our American government, Green said. They really should go back to the Middle East. Faib was born in Detroit. Omar was born in Somalia and came to the U.S. when she was 12, becoming a U.S. citizen five years later. On Hillary Clinton. 
In May of 2018, a Facebook user purporting to be the mother of New York police officer falsely claimed that the officer had seen a video taken from the laptop of disgraced former representative Anthony Weiner that showed Hillary Clinton and a top aide cutting off a child's face. Green liked the comment and replied, quote, Most people honestly don't know so much. The mainstream media disinformation warfare has won for too long, exclamation point, end quote. On Nancy Pelosi, Green once suggested in an online video that Pelosi could be executed for treason. Quote, she's a traitor to our country. She's guilty of treason, Green says in this video, which CNN first reported, and it's, uh, it's crime punishable by death is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason. She also liked a January 29, or, sorry, a January 2019 Facebook post that called for, quote, a bullet to the head of Pelosi. On the 9-11 attacks, in November of 2018, Green shot a video in which he talked about the 9-11 terrorist attacks, referring to a, quote, so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. She added, quote, it's odd. There's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. She also liked a comment posted by a Facebook user in 2018 who falsely argued that 9-11 was, quote, done by our own government. Green responded, that is all true. On the Parkland shooting, on February 14th, 2018, a gunman opened fire at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, killing 17 and injuring 17 others. One of the most deadly in a string of school shootings in the U.S., Parkland was also notable for the student-led movement that it inspired, with young survivors like David Hogg spurring on youth groups around the country to demand that politicians enact new gun legislation. Since then, a number of conspiracy theories have sprung up regarding the shooting, including the idea that it was, quote, a false flag operation, meaning that either it was faked or the attacker was part of an attempt to weaken American Second Amendment rights, according to the report by the Associated Press. In May of 2018, Green posted a story about Broward County Sheriff's deputy who failed to confront the shooter at Stoneman Douglas, receiving a retirement pension. Quote, it's called payoff to keep his mouth shut since it was a false flag planned shooting. Uh, another social media user commented on Green's post, to which she replied, exactly. These posts have been taken off of her Facebook page. Another comment on her post said, quote, kickback for going along with the evil plan. You know it's not for doing a good job. According to another uh, screenshot, she had responded to that. My thoughts exactly. Paid to do what he did and keep his mouth shut. Uh, Media Matters has reported that these Facebook posts have been deleted. Then, towards the end of 2018, Green penned a Facebook post saying, Current House Speaker Nancy Pelosi wants more school shootings to help spur more gun laws, saying, quote, The war on our Second Amendment is going to continue and must be fought. I am told that Nancy Pelosi tells Hillary Clinton several times a month that we need another school shooting in order to persuade the public to want strict gun control. That post has also since been deleted from Green's Facebook timeline. Uh, recently, a March 2019 video of Gr- that Green recorded before she was elected to Congress 
began making the rounds on cable news. It shows her following Stoneman Douglas student David Hogg as he walks on Capitol Hill, peppering him with questions about the support for gun laws. Quote, why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our Second Amendment rights? And why are you using kids as a barrier? Do you not know how to defend your stance? He's a coward, she says, of then-teenage shooting survivor, claiming that his leadership efforts have been funded by billionaire George Soros. On the Sandy Hook shooting, the December 14, 2012 mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Connecticut, claimed the lives of, tw- lives of 26 people, including 20 children between the ages of 6 and 7. It prompted a widespread debate about gun control and also a large number of conspiracy theories. On June 2nd, 2018, Green posted a link to the article in the Gateway Pundit about Hillary Clinton's email server. In a Medium Matters screenshot of the post, a commenter claims that Sandy Hook was a staged shooting. Green liked the comment and replied, that's all true. This post is no longer on Facebook. Another comment said, quote, none of the school shootings were real or done by the ones who were supposedly arrested for that, for them, including the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting. Media Matters reports that Green agreed with the commenter on Facebook post, which is no longer available on her timeline. And finally, QAnon. In, 20, in a 2017 video, Green called QAnon's QAnon, quote, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take this global cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles out. As recently as December 4th, 2020, when she had already been elected to Congress, she retweeted another conspiracy theorist who wrote, quote, I can't say I've ever seen any conspiracy theories from the QAnon community. In fact, I've seen a refreshing and objective flow of information being surfaced by a decentralized community of millions of people who are researching and reporting on news that so-called journalists refuse to cover. On the floor of the House on February 3rd, 2021, Marjorie Taylor Greene lied about changing her beliefs and whether she had said these things since being elected. She was rewarded for these lies with a standing ovation from the Republican caucus. When it came time for the Republicans to vote whether or not to discipline her, they opted not to, prompting Nancy Pelosi to hold a vote of the entirety of the House of Representatives. It was only at that point, when the people whose deaths she had actively campaigned for got a say, that she was censured and removed from her posts on the Education and Labor Committee and the Budget Committee. This woman should be removed from the legislature entirely. She's a danger every day she walks into the Capitol building. With no committee assignments, she is now free to wreak havoc in a multitude of ways and has made statements indicating that this is what she wanted, martyrdom and free time. Isn't there some saying about idle hands? So, in summation... I managed to not swear the whole time. Yes, I'm very proud of you. Um, this woman is a monster. Right. And I am um, in becoming familiar with the exact quotes, and I've seen a lot of them recently. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you did this amount of research, which is more than I've seen some newscasters present because they're relying on the same uh, collage of videotapes. Yes. Or, or of uh, clips, rather. Of uh, her saying outrageous and stupid things, and please see my uh, the show notes for right. where I pulled this information from because I obviously didn't 
go to the source because I cannot listen to this woman speak. Um, I have seen her speak recently, including her press conference this morning as of recording time, uh, where she got very defensive, backed away from particular questions, and when it asked about her um, threats towards Nancy Pelosi, ended the press conference and walked away. Of course she did. Uh, so I don't believe that her her repentance is any, in any way genuine. I don't understand. Uh, maybe this is a distance from Christianity and what the teachings are. Well, also, is, this woman, no doubt, believes that she is. Believes that she is Or she Christian. claims that she is and she isn't. Uh, in order to, you first have to genuinely repent and show contrition, which she hasn't done. No, she has not done. Um, and she's still ascribing to these statements. And the, the statements, I, I think the one that I, uh, I took the most exception to was David Hogg watching the videotape. Or and if we're pronouncing that wrong, I can't remember if it's right. Hogg or Hogue. So if we're pronouncing that wrong, yes. I apologize. Um, her pursuing him. Yes. And throwing these questions at him. And then at one point even mentioning that she's carrying a gun. And she was trying very hard to provoke him into yeah. some sort of response. And when he didn't, she, in this fit of temper, starts calling him a coward. And yeah, so was, uh, she was trying to provoke right. a response so she could show what a monster he was. Right. And when he didn't provoke, she, he didn't... He refused to engage. Engage with her. He basically, she basically, um, yeah, imputed well, she manhood. She furious it was... because he ignored her, which is what everyone should be doing. But at yes. this point now, we can't ignore her any further. No. Because she is very much a danger to the lives of people in, in the United States. And right? also just in the United States. Yes. Yeah. The, her, the fact that she's allowed to weigh in on laws and up until recently on policy is ridiculous. We can't have a person who has these kinds of views. And this is not to say that you, don't, you can't have an unpopular view. But she certainly can't have an opinion that goes completely against the facts. None of what she's claiming has ever been proven. No, she is a blatant conspiracy theorist. Right. And one of the things that she, I know that she said in her statement on the House floor was, uh, I was made to believe these things, exactly. which is the most passive-aggressive, non-responsibility-taking um, right. way that you could possibly indicate anything. It, it, she it, absolves herself of guilt by claiming that she was misled. Yeah. Um, which doesn't absolve her of guilt because she still no. hasn't admitted that she's other things that she's done wrong. Yes. She's willing to go so far in saying, uh, I no longer believe this or I no longer believe that. But it also seems, again, to be false because she's still presenting the same sort of defensive front and wondering uh, why she's being persecuted when in truth it's you're just you're not being persecuted you're being held accountable for your words yes and that's been a trademark of the last administration which was to say anything you like and over and over and over, over and over and over again. again until somebody believed you or it we had moved past the point of it mattering right and, right and like <laughs> it speaks to and it, it i feel uncomfortable saying this because she is a woman and i am a man um, and I don't want to say it seems like she's dense. However, she seems to 
resist any opinion that she disagrees with and then will believe or attach to the wildest explanation yes. for the simplest thing. And and this is another situation. Uh, it falls in the same line as like cult leaders and things right. like that where I am genu- genuinely... I don't know if you believe what you're saying yes. or you believe the power you're going to get just by saying it, and so that's enough for you. Well, she believes that she's representing uh, a particular voice that doesn't get spoken for. The reason it doesn't get spoken for is that it's willing to believe anything, whether or not it... And the kind of evidence, quote-unquote, um, that she uses are as you see in these quotes, are somebody told me, a police officer saw this, and they let me know. These aren't things that anybody's witnessed firsthand, and there's no, no. evidence to be presented. No. Instead, because they're not true. <laughs> we go on impugning people's reputations with these fantastic stories. I'm, I'm really fond of the idea of Jewish space lasers. Uh, the conspiracy theories against the Rothschild family. You just family get to have have gone on for such a long anti-Semitic time. beliefs and idiocy just so right. firmly tied um, together. Or the fact that uh, the the idea that Hillary Clinton is wor- worships Satan. Where does that come from? That well, that's so the many... QAnon. That's right. the QAnon thing. And and where it comes from, it's a long-standing conspiracy right. theory. And my sense is that these conspiracies start with somebody saying something about somebody that they hate that is so outlandish as you know that it's not true. Similar to those Chuck Norris, you know, memes of of his super strength, right? But the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Just there's, and then for whatever reason, for the same reason the Satanic Panic was a thing, Satanism really gets in. To some people's... It's weird that that's still around, because we've discussed that. We've had episodes on that, and how... And it apparently was... There is a group of our population, uh, and I think it may be a specifically North American uh, thing, because Canada also had satanic panic, um, and in some places larger than we ever had really here. Uh, like a specifically North American evangelical thing where there's a seed planted by what you already believe and a fear of other that just tips you into being, like just grasping onto this belief that there is this this horrendous pedophilic Satanist but that's the you same belief. It's in just the United States. recycled over and over and over again. It's, it's never died. It's been directed towards Jews. It's been directed towards Catholics. Um, it just keeps on going, and it just gets transferred from one group to another. And it's never been a majority opinion. It's always been the opinion of a yes. small group it's always been a of French people thing. with very sick of imaginations. But when... When that small group mm-hmm. then starts, it, it it works together to foster in that same um, what happened in Salem, right? right? That sort of group mass hysteria type. That happens because there's people who there are people who are willing to be convinced. There are people who they want to be, right. they want to belong to this thing, or to they the want to yeah. That this is happening, or I. I 
when I listen to her statements, particularly on, I'm different, in her case, I'm defending the Second Amendment. And so all of these mass shootings are simply an idea, are, are created, they're falsehoods, they're meant to strip me of my rights. Now, she created a... Which is just also so uh, narcissistic. Right, well... <laughs> she deeply narcissistic. told a story about how she was in a school shooting when she was young, or rather somebody brought a gun to a school. It didn't sound like they actually shot anybody. And so why... Yeah, I feel like if she was well, actually at a school that was the that experienced a school shooting, every single news outlet would have already told us well, that. And I don't in know, 2019 right. or whenever she was accosting David Hogg in the first place. If, even if I was willing to give that the benefit of the doubt, which does not make sense to me, um, I don't... Uh, I don't see why she doesn't have any understanding. Yeah, it, it uh, means of why then you that need you to are restrict yeah. the the kinds of guns and make stricter laws to make sure that things like this don't happen. That mm-hmm. and also why you would attack children who went through the same horrific thing that you right. quote unquote went through. And as much as I say believe women all day long every day, I don't believe this woman. I do not well, believe the words that come out of her mouth. She doesn't seem to be making any... Um, well, for one thing, she doesn't show any genuine contrition. She doesn't repent of her behavior. And she simply... It, what it seems to be is, I got caught, and now I want to back out of it by pleading. Yes. And that seems to be the case right now. So watching her mea culpas this morning, these completely ineffectual um, and insincere apologies yes. that she's made over the last two days. There, at no point has an apology been made. Like a true, real apology. No, no, no of course not. Um, <laughs> she's not sorry, so no, it's really hard I'm to sorry apologize when you're... is basically yeah. what it is. I'm sorry yeah. that I made to answer for my actions. And it's not enough. Yeah, sorry you guys can't there, handle the power that I speak or whatever. There like, is mm-hmm. such a, um, a cowardice in the Republican Party right now and I was hoping that it would change. But there's such a uniform cowardice in terms of them not being willing to censure her completely or fully, not being able to take action against her because they still don't want to offend those group of, and again, I will say this, very sick-minded people yes. who want to believe all these things. Yes. And it's a... I, I don't... There's a way of being flippant about mental illness, which I can't be because I've seen how it affects people. But, yeah, I, I don't understand why you would reach out for that as your constituency, people who believe these very disgusting ideas. I mean, think about it. If you're focusing your imagination on pedophilia and child sacrifice, we've said things, I mean, we commonly say things about the repression of the Victorian era and ages before that when they believed strange things. and yeah women flying on broomsticks at night and committing black masses. And there's all these horrible stories but, that come out of that. That come Well, it's from really once again, blaming when you don't know who to right. blame for your but misfortunes. Like that group of people who are willing to believe those things, either from people about other people because of the color of their skin or their different political beliefs or their nationalities or their religion, that group of people is always going to be with us. And that in itself is disturbing. And the fact that we now have such a clear voice for a person like that that we can see them. And the fact that someone like Donald Trump so effectively preyed on that group of people. Yeah, without even really meaning to. Like, he didn't come up with any of this. No, no, no. He's, he's perfectly <laughs> willing to take, accept their 
affection towards him. Um, yeah, it, the entire story is really, everything about this woman is disturbing to me. Here's another disturbing thing. I have not read this article. I've just come across it here. Um, it's on the Patheos website. Mm -hmm. The title is Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, my former Sunday school teacher. Oh, good God. Um, yeah. So I have not read this article, but I presume it's going to have some more of her heinousness, and now she's getting it into children, which... Well, that's kind of yeah. what she... The attitude that she's made in the videos that I've seen, where she's going about going on explaining her beliefs, uh, such as they are, when I'm looking at those, I'm getting the sense that she feels like she's educating people, but with these ambiguous references to sources and information, she doesn't seem to like journalism because there's a legitimate standard for journalism that people are trying to approach, an ethical approach. She doesn't want that. She wants to be able to say people are saying, some people say, which again was a mark of the last administration, just to make vague hints that don't have any basis. There's nothing to substantiate it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly how, how I can express my frustration with the fact that she's allowed to be in a position of authority. Yeah. Yeah, this goes through her... Um I'm not even going to call it her statement mm -hmm. and uh, disintegrates it, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think fundamentally it comes away with Congresswoman Green as a sinner who keeps on sinning by refusing to see that her words and actions are sinful. Deflecting is fake spirituality slash bull pucky. Right, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm on Patheos.com, so this is a yeah. Christian swearing, but... Blasphemy. There's another word that starts with a B that we, I will use. Yeah, so case. there's a... Yeah, so I will add that into our, yeah. uh, our show notes as well. She should have been stripped of her title entirely and expelled from the whole body. Uh, she's not alone in the people that need to be expelled from Congress at this point. Not, there are at least two senators and maybe as many as seven that should probably be expelled from the Senate. And there are something like 111 representatives mm -hmm. who openly stood in rebellion of the United States Constitution less than a month ago that full-throatedly tried to reverse the will of the people in a, in a battle that they knew that they could not win. And there needs to be repercussions and responsibility taken. And so far, this is... With her expulsion from her committees, even though it took the entire body to do it, and the Republicans couldn't just do what they should have done in the first place is at, at least hope that some consequences will come from people's actions, mm -hmm. but way more needs to be done. And this woman needs to be kept an eye on. Now, by no means do I think we should be listening to everything that she says, just like we didn't need to do it with Trump for all of those years. But an eye needs to be kept because she is dangerous. And she's already said that she's taken a gun onto the floor. And uh, mm. 
you know, yeah. if you want martyrdom, she's in a position to get some real good martyrdom in among a certain group of very desperate and uh, misinformed I, people. Well, like I said, I would be worth, further to, willing to go further with that. I would say very sick people. Sure. I, I don't believe that there is no excuse for believing against all evidence and against all reason the kinds of things that she wants to believe. It's an active choice to believe these things. It is. It's an active faith. A bad kind of faith, yeah. but it's an active faith when you believe against evidence in something which there is no... Or believe against evidence and also believe against any kind of rational thought, something for which there is no basis that you can find. And that you is just want to believe it. If so this is what you deeply choose, messed up. Right. If you choose, if there's given, again, as we've spoken before, given any number of things to believe in, if believing in pedophile, satanic groups and... If this is what you choose to believe that says something about you and what's wrong with you. And I would like to add just, again, I, I know we've mentioned it before, the, the groups doing work against actual sex trafficking mm -hmm. are being deeply harmed by the QAnon conspiracy. Yes. Because people are not looking where the harm is being done. And they're actively working against any good measures to fix things because yes. they don't... Part of it is they don't believe that people like them do these things. It's got to be people that don't aren't like them, even though... How much does Marjorie Taylor Greene and Hillary Clinton have in common? I'm going to say 98% of things. <laughs> like, those are people that are very close to each other demographically, this woman has tipped over into this this conspiracy theorism. And as I say, I don't know if she really believes it or just or this is likes a platform what, that gives her attention that exactly. she's craving. And, and, and I have no idea which which of those Either things is true. Detestable. Either way, it's it's not. Yeah, it's not OK. And she absolutely should not be a member of Congress. Next up, the story behind creationism in The More You Know. Last time we discussed the different kinds of ideas that are classed as creationism. In this segment, we will try to understand the actual reason for all the fuss. Let's go back to what creationists are defending, a literal interpretation of the creation story that starts the Bible. Two stories begin the book of Genesis. One is filled with details about the origins of the universe, a six-day cycle of creation that culminates with the creation of mankind, male and female, and the serious charge that they are stewards of creation, maintaining balance and order. This story tells of a man and woman created simultaneously on a world where there is no killing for food because all life is vegetarian. The second story, in chapter 2 and 3, is about the origin of man, but also the origin of... Excuse me, I did something wrong but also the origin of evil. Okay. The second story in chapter 2 and 3 is about the origin of man, but also the origin of evil. It starts with the creation of a man and the creation of a woman from a man, and they're being left to tend a special garden with metaphysical trees. You can interrupt me at any time. I'm listening to okay. the story. You're telling me the story of creation. In this second story, a wily serpent deceives the woman in partaking of the fruit of a tree forbidden by God for consumption. The forbidden tree was marked 
as a tree of knowledge of good and evil. The serpent deceives, excuse me, the serpent deceived Eve by telling her a modified version of the truth. The fruit of the tree will make her wise like God. She eats it and passes it to her husband Adam. When they eat it together, they experience a great deal of shame at their nudity and put clothes on made from made clothes on made from fig leaves. God happens to be walking in the garden when he discovers Adam and Eve hiding because they are naked. God puzzles out what has happened and blights the couple with curses as well as the serpent. Then, concerned the human pair will eat from the tree of life also in the garden, making them immortal, God banishes them from the garden of Eden. Raising my hand, teacher. Yes. Well, I was Okay, reading. I have some questions. Okay, please. Does it really say that like God puzzles out what has happened? Isn't he omnipresent Does, yes. and omniscient? Didn't well, he already know this was going to already have happened? Happen? This is also baffling because God is taking a casual walk in the garden in the late afternoon. How do you have legs? I'm not sure why, but he's taking a walk. Is he a Zeus? He's ple- it's pleasant <laughs> in the afternoon. I, so, no, but seriously, wouldn't he have known that this was going to happen if he's really omniscient and omnipresent? Yes. Well, then why feign shock and why clutch pearls? Is he a Republican? Is God God a Republican? (laughs) I mean, probably. (laughs) Was this story ever meant to be taken literally? I don't think so. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's one of the two detailed sense. creation stories in the book of Genesis, which contradict each other. Both stories are different, as, as is the Christian cosmology in the beginning of the chapter of John. Oh, excuse me. Both stories are different, as is the Christian cosmology in the opening chapters. Don't do that. I'm sorry, it was not spelled but right. I, I was trying to read it, and then you cut it. <laughs> I tried to do it so before don't, you got don't, there. Don't touch it. Because I was reading it, and then you cut the sentence in half. Like, wait. I cut the sentence in half. Well, it shrank on my I know, screen. it shrank. Both stories are different, as is the Christian cosmology in the opening chapter of the Gospel of John. The Genesis stories are very similar to other stories in their time, and have similar characters to other earlier creation accounts. Ancient Akkadian seals that predate the earliest available biblical text show a man and a woman and a serpent and a tree. This might be the earliest representation of the story we read about in Genesis. Excuse me, teacher. Yes? Um, what do you mean older than the Bible? Nothing's older than the Bible. The Bible's the oldest thing that ever was. <laughs> I think you're beginning to get the picture here. No, I already had the picture. <laughs> there are other creation stories that include Adam and Eve characters outside of the Abrahamic faiths. And even later characters like Noah. The difference is that the story included in the Bible is meant to represent the ideas of an early culture that became the Jewish people and was added later by the Christian Islamic faiths. I have a question about Lilith. Is Lilith in no anything? No, she's then not. She why do we much, know much later? So my understanding is Lilith was. Adam's the rough draft of Eve. <laughs> first wife, who refused to be subservient and therefore was cast out of the garden, okay. then becomes a horrible blood-drinking hag who attacks pregnant women. So was that like from a poem, like no, this like, is from a later, like the apple no, in <laughs> a later uh, apocryphal scripture that refers to this, something that was not included with the actual text. Okay, and is she? Do we believe in her? Well, who believes in she's, her? <laughs> 
She's not a part of the actual accepted scripture. For any group of religion. I'm not sure who believes in Lilith. No. Okay. The point that we're trying to make here, though, is that so this comes from the source for the Adam and Eve story, both of them, is an earlier text. We see characters in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah. Uh, we see I Akkadian had to read texts. That. I have a degree in English. Have the same characters, only their versions of the story are different. Are you saying that the Bible is plagiarized? I'm saying <laughs> this. And okay. Oh, sorry. All right. Let me go back to so the the difference is that this is a very old story that was reconfigured to meet the needs of the culture of the people who would later on become the Hebrews. All right? So they adopted a story that currently was in existence with characters that they already understood, only it was changed. Adam is a farmer, an occupation that was foreign to the nomadic shepherds but became the Hebrew people. His two sons are Cain and Abel. Cain is a farmer, Abel is a shepherd. Wicked Cain kills righteous Abel and is punished by God. The notion of right living as a shepherd is validated later in the story of Jacob and Esau. When both birthright and blessing go to Jacob, the younger son, a shepherd, and not Esau, who builds a city. So all you should ever be is a shepherd? To this very early culture, their early stories uh, are a rejection of agriculture and acceptance of a nomadic lifestyle. So it was meant, again, their creation stories are focused on what do we value as a culture, and what do we want to build on? So in the very beginning, before they occupied cities, they were nomadic shepherds, and so therefore, their creation story is about being nomadic shepherds, and people like them. The creation story is told with almost no details. It is meant to be read like a fable. Why explain everything? Okay, excuse me. Something happened wrong there. Okay. Okay, the creation story is told with almost no details in either of the two accounts. That's right. They like they, it's they're super short. They're Both very of them are short. super short. Right. So because it, it, it begs questions like, again, if God is omniscient, why doesn't he know that putting a tree like a weird tree. Why put a forbidden tree in the garden in the first place? Why not just come and kill the snake? The you knew the version, snake was here. Right, the second version <laughs> of this story, which has all the details about the fall of man, as it's called. Why would God plant this tree in the garden so that people can experience the temptation of it? Is God Ashton Kutcher? Did God punk them? Okay, no, I don't know. But the point I'm just, the creation Eden story is told with almost no details and is meant to read like a fable. Why does God put these dangerous trees with such dire consequences in the middle of the garden, the same garden where he puts Adam and Eve? Why is the serpent evil? Why is God simply strolling around the garden? And who is speaking when he says, we or let us? The story is not meant to answer these questions. It's meant to give a framework to ideas about the origin of evil, why man is different from animals what his place on earth is. Now, as you're reading it, what is, do, do you think that it was meant to ever be taken literally? I mean, I can't imagine placing everything I believe in in 16 words or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's when we say it's short, it's super short. I thought you were going to put it in here to have me read because it is right. 
The first one especially is like yes, it's very, a verse very short. or something. Right. It's almost like a haiku. Would you like and to do creation? that? We can, we can still put, put that in there. Uh, sure, I just don't know Genesis. Okay. It's Genesis chapter 1, and then the other ones are chapter 2 and 3. Oh, well, that's pretty long. That's why I thought maybe Okay, I it's a little bit longer then. Because um, yeah. it's the third day, the, the, you can se- see, the several days. Right, the six- but it is, yeah, let me, uh, I'm going to do a work count. So from the uh, New International Version, because right. that's what came up. It's more reasonable to I'm not less words to stumble over. Uh, I'm not, and I can do the, I don't know if you want me to do the reading, but. It's up to you. It just seemed like when I was reading it over to review it for this, that it seemed like there's three chapters that we'd have to read yeah. out loud. So, but I will tell you that mm-hmm. chapter one is 791 words. Right. That's that's three of those short stories that I've been writing. Right? Yeah. And Genesis, no Siri, I don't want your help. Thanks for asking. Genesis 2. To, uh, 628 words, it's getting shorter. And Genesis 3, 683 words. So, <laughs> so I agree with you. You in, should not be basing your life on what amounts to under 3,000 words. Yes. Uh, so, well, not, I, I don't, is anybody basing their life on it? But well, like the fundamental beliefs you have right. in a thing, yes, yeah, seems mm-hmm. like. But what, to speak to your earlier question, isn't, if God was omniscient, wouldn't, he know that this is going to happen. Right. Which also speaks and to... why is he setting booby traps for his creation? Right, exactly. In other words, God is tempting people into making the wrong mistake, uh, the, the wrong decision, and when they make the wrong decision, he curses them. It, it feels like the reason I compared him to Ashton Kutcher, mm. outside of this conversation, because I'm definitely cutting all that out, was because it feels like he's punking them. It feels like a... Hidden camera situation, or like a mm-hmm. what would you do situation. Well, here's what the the stories are. The very early stories come from a very tribal god. As I said, he's constantly speaking to us and others like him. He also seems to this version of God is literally taking a walk in the garden in the cool of the day, as if he's afflicted by the heat, right? He um, does really personable things. They seem to be very anxious about whether or not human beings will attain immortality and be like him. And so he kicks him out of the garden. This is not Jehovah, the all-delaying, the all-powerful. This is something else. Like a petulant right. creator. This is another story. Like a child with Legos that came to life and well, did what he didn't remember, want them to do. As we learn later on in the book of Genesis... God tempts Abraham by telling him to commit human sacrifice with his own son. Yeah. And then pulls out the rug at the last minute and says, no, I was just kidding. Psych! So this, yes, this is this kind of God who's constantly testing human beings beyond their ability to respond. Um, it feels like they're still pulling from those Greek r- well, and pre- Roman... Right. Or like the no, same places that those no. Greek and Roman myths are pulling from. They they predate those myths obviously by quite a bit, but the idea is they but, don't predate the Babel, the Akkadian myths, right? But, which but, also represent the same thing. But the seed of those myths is the mm-hmm. same, which is we see our gods not as omniscient, omnipresent, mm-hmm. perfect beings, but right. as you know, us with superpowers, larger versions basically. of ourselves. Yes. yes. 
So yeah, uh, when you're looking at this story, you get that sense. God here is not playing fair with the human race. God yeah, is no, not, he seems like right. uh, not a good dude. But the idea that you... And like we were set up for failure. Like there's right. nothing That's we could have done. how it reads. Uh, St. Paul later on, who one of these days we have to address St. Paul, um, his defense of this is to say, can the potter say to the clay, why did you make me like this? That we don't have the right to ask the question of why we were created to fail. And then develops a theological idea, which I have no patience for, which are vessels of wrath, which there are certain people created to be punished by God. In which place, that doesn't make God very fair, because... No. Hey, but people. it does explain suffering and how widespread right. it is. You know, if you want an explanation, And that's also one. it means that I'm not worshipping that. Right, exactly. Like, why would you? That feels very masochistic well, to me. Well, again, why would you worship a God that insists that you sacrifice your only son so that he can then pull up again? Yeah, and if you've read the Job was... story, why are you on this dude's side? Right. Yeah. He's a bully. <laughs> well, that, like, it, it comes from probably a notion of what kings were in those days. When you look at, remember we were reading the story of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, is a person who makes these rules that he cannot break, throws people into lion's dens, he does all these horrible punishments, and he's never questioned, because that was the kind of ruler that held sway in those times, and so their notion of God was sort of a super king, who did these things and didn't tolerate any competition or any... Right, right. There's also right. a lot of that with the commandments, and the, and right. the first one being, me, 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 and yeah. only me. So, like that's the first one. When we look at that, and we look at the transition to oh, and also don't kill each other. Right. <laughs> like, wow, I'm so glad you've got your priorities in order to. But that's kind of what it is. So when people take this story literally and say the basis of all of scientific knowledge should be based on these very brief words that obviously aren't even consistent with the teachings of Christianity or Judaism or or even Islam the way that we know them now. Right, all those built, all these beliefs have taken off a great deal since the days when they believed that God was a fallible being who tempted people only so that, or put things in your way so that you could fail. I will read you the beginnings, a few verses from John chapter one. Okay. All right, this is the Gospel of John, and it. Well, here, so Just, it starts out yeah. very famously. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of man. The light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then it immediately goes into the story of John the Baptist. So when Christianity has its opportunity... He's like, that's it. Right. This is the creation story. Exactly. We've done it. Exactly. There was God, and he poofed, and then there was... You know, right. us. All things were made by and him. And then Jesus happened. Ta-da! And without him, nothing was made that was made. And him was life, and life, and that life was the light of all men. So as you see... It's literally, it's so vague. Right. But it tells us nothing. No more time, no vague, place, no nothing. It's actually better, because what's the emphasis here? By the time we start Christianity, the emphasis is not on people where people came from, or snakes, or curses, or magic trees. Now no. it's just saying... It's just, God is love, and love is God, and he, let's get into this. God, and light, God is light of men. We all love God. God made us all. Not saying how it happened or when it happened. Nope. 
Because we don't know and we don't have any recollection of that. Let's talk about a dude I saw once. (laughs) And so the thing is, it starts with this very cosmic beginning. It's very lovely. I think it's a very lovely poem that it begins with the Gospel of John with. Right. And then immediately jumps to the life of John That doesn't mean much. No. It it really doesn't. But what it means is that... It's pretty words and it's like a vague general generality, but it's not... What we should say is what it does mean, which is... Curses and trees and all of this were less important than God loves mankind and God is and the always of has done, right? Exactly. And so by the we time you get to, to Job and <laughs> <laughs> by the time you get later on to the uh, you know, John goes on, the gospel of John goes on and tells the whole life of Jesus. By the time that we get to all that, the trees and curses don't matter anymore. This represented what the Christian church, the very early Christian church, believed. It didn't need to hear all these sort of just so stories. Did you remember those when you were a kid? Um, I know that phrase, right. but I don't think I know what that phrase so, refers to. Rudyard Kipling's children's stories. That's right. How okay. the elephant gets its yes. trunk. You okay, know. that is so right. That's basically what it is. Well, why do women have like pain in childbirth? Well, because there was a curse laid on them. When God curses, yes. You're going could to... also be because they're squeezing a watermelon through a very small hole. Right. Well, not just that, <laughs> but you're also menstruation and childbirth. Yeah, are things that are going to be painful. And again, when you look at these versions of the story, and it was written by men, so it was that's what you get, yeah. and you don't get upset. But <laughs> go sit in the dot. Think about the things like the first creation story says that it was an entirely vegetarian world. Nothing. There were no carnivorous animals. But lions, though. But there apparently weren't any lions, or they didn't eat meat. But cats all eat meat. That's their whole deal. Which is what's strange about that story. The second version of the story then goes on to say, well, there was no rain. Well, that's a problem. Plants aren't going to like that, and we need Mm. plants to live. I guess we're all going to (laughs) die. Maybe that's what I should read to you, because it is very strange. Okay. Uh, I can bring it up. Yeah, Genesis chapter... Why is my... Computer? Probably chapter 2. Well, right? yeah, Genesis chapter 2. At the very beginning of that. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not set rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. That's not a stream. That's just... And then the God flakes. formed a man from the dust of the ground. So he makes a man out of mud or dust... And then he makes him a living being. Then he breathes into his nose. Poof. And then he planted a garden in the east, in the Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And then he made all kinds of trees grow in the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There are two trees. Right. Two messed up trees. Well, two weird trees in the middle of the garden. Mm-hmm. And there was a river. But here's the thing about a river. You can't float. There's no rain. Right. So one of my favorites is in chapter 3. All right. So it says here in verse 8, A man and woman heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Chilling, apparently. And they hid the Lord Whistling. among the trees in the garden. But then, yes, exactly. That's why I always <laughs> picture. going on a stroll. I just pictured a man, out. a very tall man, in a, like a toga, just walking around <laughs> with his hands behind his back. Uh, but the, So they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called to man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. 
And the Lord says to him, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? This is perfect. This is a perfect revelation of our time. Right? She made me! And the man said, The woman you put here with me, kids, <laughs> you did this. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was her, and she's your fault. So I'm so, innocent but in all I love of that this. Because that feels very much like a man. Oh, man. You put me here. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. She goes back to Marjorie Taylor Greene. I was told the wrong ideas yeah. and I believed them. And not, so, not me, not my problem, not my fault. The serpent uh, just goes, and then again, because he doesn't really have a response to God, God curses him, <laughs> curses women, See, which is a verse 16, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor will you give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So in other words, <laughs> you will be under his dominance for the rest of your life. And to the man he forces to work and to die. That's verse 19. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since it was from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. But also, like, he's telling Adam you have to be a farmer, but then then the Bible doesn't like farmers after that. Well, what happens is the culture is that this so is they're like, probably like a cursed occupation as well. better than veg, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then God, in verse 21, made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So he has to kill an animal. <sighs> so that Leather wearers. Right. Let's pour paint on them. Banish them from the garden. Oh, there is a paint then. And right, so as you can see, it's it's <laughs> the parts of the story. If you don't take it as a literal story that you have to believe, it's actually a good story as a story. It's an example of its time, and we can look at it as something from the distant past that tells you what people thought and what people had ideas about, right? So if you really want a clear picture of that, and also if you want a clear picture of good writing, good writing is precise and it survives thousands of years because it's very, you can open it to a number of interpretations. Yeah. But when you look at this, it's hard to believe that somebody is investing all of their might and main into believing that story is a literal truth and that God makes these kinds of mistakes and errors in judgment that God trips people up for the sake of tripping people up, and that God takes recreational walks when the sun goes down. So how does that feel to you, though? I don't understand the question. Well, the question is, I've often wanted to ask this from a person who wasn't invested in growing up with oh, it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who didn't, doesn't have all the fond memories of this story, so to speak. I once spent 20 minutes asking a Jehovah's Witness about the two stories, creation stories in the Bible, mm -hmm. and they couldn't tell me why there were two creation stories in the Bible, and I was like, what are we doing here? Right. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you trying to sell me on if the thing that you're trying to sell me on, you don't understand why it is the way that it is? Like, I'm not... Because, yeah. What I, are we doing here? <laughs> I feel, as a Christian, Right? These are stories that are left over, obviously, from an older time. And the story that matters to me is this, the Gospel of John's creation story. That's which, the good, that's the Christian one. Right. That's the other thing is, the Old Testament is a book of, for the Jewish people, and by the, for mm -hmm. and by the Jewish people. 
And And I've heard many Jewish, specifically comedians, Mm -hmm. because that is who the, the, you know, the people that I've heard talk about this. Well, I bet Jewish faith leaders feel the same way. Mm. Get your Christian mitts off of our books. You don't, you're not, you don't understand the way in which they were interpreted or, you know, meant. And and the way that they were meant makes a lot of sense to me. Like the Mm. reason that Leviticus outlaws all of those things is because this was a very specific small group of people mm. who were nomadic and very uh, and living in desperate desolate times they were up against you can't them. eat a pig because a pig's meat is susceptible to a disease that they don't know why it's caused but definitely people are dying of it so do you can't eat well, pigs and is... let's just Call it everything else too. You can't masturbate because we need to have babies. This is you also need the, to the have babies. On homosexuality also yes, the, the same same thing with that. Um, but also, since you brought up the pigs, there's another reason too, which is that pigs are not traveling animals. No, they're you can't not herd pigs. No, but I'm um, sure what happened was right. a bunch of people butchered pigs, did not cook the meat well. If there was trickling. Tri- tri- Trichinosis in it, mm. and they died, well, and or they got very very sick. Law forbids many different kinds of sea life, probably for similar for reasons, reasons, right? Yeah. So yes, it was meant to it because was, in in thousands and right. thousands of years ago, when we didn't know what why things mm. were dangerous, but things would kill us. You put in your laws not to do it those things. And that was yeah. a perfectly, well, not all of them, but most of them. A were lot of them were perfectly reasonable, reasonable for yeah. the time and setting. Right. Not for year in the year of our Lord 2021, right. where we understand what causes disease. We understand, well, first of all, we don't need to keep populating. Mm. So I feel like, I feel like today, mm. Rabbinical law would be like, be gay because we need to keep this population down. Well, so. yeah, and this would be a <laughs> it's fine. If you see, as, as I showed you, the difference between the Christian creation story and the ancient Hebrew creation story, which was intended for another culture, um, they have a completely different thrust. Yes. The ancient story is trying to let's reaffirm the parts of our culture that we understand and we're taking this other story mm-hmm. and adapting it. And similarly... Even the Christian version of the story starts with the same God exists, God is love, God creates, but it doesn't give you any specifics because all of the mechanics of it are far less important to them. Right. Also, remember. Also, we don't know. Right. Well, we don't this know. Is the thing. Remember that the world that Jesus lived in, which is much more cosmopolitan than people thought. Yes. There was the beginnings of influence from Greek and Roman thinkers, right? Jesus was exposed to philosophers. Jesus, in all likelihood, spoke Greek, at least enough Greek to understand, because he lived in a town um, that had its open theater, that had a lot of, uh, a lot of, like I said, cross-cultural influence. So he lived in a cosmopolitan place, this notion that he lived at the very end of the world. And this, he w- didn't live in a manger his entire life, for heaven's no. sakes. But every creation story is meant to reflect the culture that it comes up in. Our modern creation story is a scientific one, but it also has been shaped by cultural forces. The ideas that made up Victorian philosophy and ideology um, are a part of Darwin's version of evolution. Now, we don't have ideas like that anymore. They've dropped away. We don't have ideas, for instance, evolution has been used, the Darwinian evolution has been used to support social Darwinism, 
has been used to support programs, eugenic programs. Right. right? These are ideas that were contemporary with it or that got attached to it along the way. It doesn't mean that it's not true. It's just that just the same way that there's a creation myth that meant something to the early Hebrews, there's a creation myth that makes a, that's a part of our culture now. It fits into the social dynamic. It fit very well into the Victorian social dynamic of upwards and onwards. Yeah. And so their representations of evolution in, in the beginning are very linear and very progressive, and they also show why some cultures fail and why some cultures don't, and it was used as an excuse for a great deal of harm. Not nearly the amount of harm that the other one got chosen for, but again, it's a modern creation story, right. so we have to keep that in mind. We do the same thing. When I was a kid, we were shown the progress of man on a chart, and it basically showed a very linear progression, starting with Pithecanthropus or something, and moving through Neanderthal man and Cro-Magnon man and the right. modern man who was wearing a right. suit. It's well, almost like, right. it's just this part. Just this last little bit of standing up. Right. <laughs> like, you just needed to and get a crick so, out of his back. I don't know if they even had those when you were a kid, because that was very popular. That was on, the, you know, every science lab had something like that. So they were meant to show you this very linear progression that didn't have offshoots, it didn't have robustus, it right. didn't have all these other creatures. They just thought we were all chains in a link, and there was that missing link that everyone was looking for that was going to prove that uh, uh, the last in a chain where it's enough of a nape and enough of a man to yeah. be one and thing. so there was, yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. And just like, you know how many people there are? That's not, like, it doesn't, there's not yeah. just one. But it's, yeah, we don't <laughs> think of our creation myth in terms of that. And even if there's elements of it that are true or that it is true, it still gets associated and represents a lot of ideas. How do you know that Adam wasn't um, an earlier version of a person? Well, Oh, because it was only 6,000 years ago? Also, Also, where does that come from? Let's talk about that next time. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home, withoutworkspodcast.com. Our show notes and links to stories we talk about can be found there. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com, on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and on Facebook at withoutworkspodcast. All that information is on the website as well, so go there and have a look around. I've been Amity, he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to stay in and do something good. Yeah!